interrupt our program to bring you this important message. Hello and welcome to the Salt Report, where two of the internet's saltiest nerds dish out all their salt about video games, cosplay, comics, and all things nerdy. I'm Kay, and recording with me tonight is Jesse. Yo. We have a very special sponsor in our hearts this week, <laughs> which is Furby Otters. <laughs> For those of you who don't know, the Furby fandom is alive it's and so well. And they like to make custom Furbies as one does with any kind of doll or related thing. Um, This was inspired because um, Folding Ideas retweeted a horrifying monster abomination Furby that was like, someone took those like tie-dye piece teddy bear uh, beanie babies and she took two of them and she spliced them together so that it had two heads. And then she put, if, as if that wasn't bad enough, she replaced the, te- the teddy bear face with Furby face. And it I was. I didn't notice the Furby faces at first, and then I clicked on it. I was like, what the fuck is that? The fuck is that? <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> Bitch, what the fuck? Um, <laughs> so that kind of sent me down a rabbit hole. Oh my hole. god. And when I got home from work, I watched a bunch of YouTube videos of people making their own long Furbies, which is like, look up long Furby because it's the funniest fucking thing on the internet. Um, and so long Furby and like other different Furby mods, mostly long Furby because that's just really funny to me. Um, yeah, it's like, it's a whole ass fucking thing, well, guys. I had a Furby and it was, the, the first round of I Furbies did didn't have off switches. So like, you just kind of had to wait till they fell asleep. Unfortunately, they had those sensors yeah. on their forehead. So if you like, got too close and walked by them they went off and they were like feed me oh mine never did that maybe mine was haunted um once it once it was yeah once it was asleep i had to turn it upside down to turn it back on again just went off like in the middle of the night like i'd be trying to sleep and i'd hear my furby go feed me hold me (laughs) and i'd be like jesus god in heaven Maybe you had an earlier run maybe of Furby than I did. Maybe mine was just malfunctioning, to be honest. Or, like I said, maybe it was haunting. Maybe. Honestly, there was a really funny moment in one of the long Furby videos that I watched where the girl was like, I bought this off of off of eBay. She might be haunted. The person said she got it from an estate sale. But I'll, I'll deal with that when we come <laughs> to it. <laughs> like, I'll deal with my haunted Furby. <laughs> the haunting is too bad. Um, yeah, I... I don't know where my Furby went. I don't know if it's at my parents' house or what, but I I had one and so did my sister. Hers was cuter than mine in retrospect. It was like Dalmatian spotted. But And then like McDonald's <laughs> had those like mini ones. Oh, I had a bunch of those. Those are definitely gone. I'm pretty sure those yeah, went to Goodwill I'm or something. Sure they're but they're probably worth something, but not as much as that Sasuke that balances stuff. That's probably the balancing, balancing Sasuke, Sasuke that I was just reminded of. Well even even classic Furbies Again, this rabbit hole I went down. Even classic Furbies only go for like forty bucks. So, they, I, I have a feeling the McDonald's ones probably aren't worth that much. You know what, Google? <laughs> help me out here. How McDonald's much for Furby. A McDonald's Furby. <laughs> uh, full set of eighty is three hundred dollars. But a full set of six is nine dollars. Well, what the fuck is the what is the truth, Oprah gif? Well, 80, 80 for 300, what does that calculate to? That's 375 <laughs> per Furby. But why would 
you need to <laughs> To complete the set for dark internet rituals. <laughs> the the nine dollar lot has uh seven dollars in shipping, so it's still kind of pricey than it than it was advertised. That's I I have feelings about this Furby knowledge that I've acquired. You know what I would pay money yep. for? Eighty dollars, three hundred dollars, and twelve oh eight shipping. If you buy it now I just also on eBay. Think about, like, so all of you out there listening, if you have, if I don't think that anybody who's listening to has a spare three hundred dollars to throw on a bunch of shitty plastic Furbies, but if you do, there you go. <laughs> just throw them in the air. <laughs> Make it rain rain plastic, tiny, shitty plastic Furbies. God, just me coming, coming to, um, when we had that, we had that art piece where we had to make something out of a hundred items and I just like walk in with a giant Furby made out of smaller Furbies. (laughs) (laughs) That'd be a hell of a statement piece. And Jesse, what are you trying to say with this piece? Furbies! (laughs) they've risen (laughs) oh man Furby's alive and well and apparently McDonald's recently had like the new Furby toys in 2016 because there's like a new version of Furby that looks a little bit different and has more sophisticated electronics and probably doesn't sound like it's about to take off every time it turns on and moves its ears Do you remember yeah. how loud those fucking servos were in those things? Jesus. You know what I really like is when people skin Furby. That's too much. Just, let's make Jesse sound as creepy as possible on the podcast. But, like, you know when people skin Furbies and you can just see the electronics of the Furby? It's so cool. Like, I... That was actually one of the um, videos I watched was that they skinned the Furby so that they could clean the fur. And they, like fix them up so that they were working except for one that doesn't talk anymore but the person was like actually that's kind of cute and i like that um it's like we're gonna keep you as is and um gave them new um you can apparently like pop the eye chips out of them just like the irises and put custom ones in so they made like all new custom eyeballs for them that's a thing I mean, I shouldn't be surprised because my friend customized. She like t- she um, face ups and does like whole new clothing and stuff for like Monster High dolls. Yeah. So I shouldn't be surprised. It's definitely a thing for any kind of doll that got popular ever. Well, Barbie, the Monster High ones um, are rats, super Monster popular High. because they have the most modability as far as like moving. taking parts off of them putting parts onto them especially for people who are making like creepy stuff out of them or like character based stuff um and like you can change their hands out ball joint dolls are also like big in the mod so i i understand it but like i just i just want to know when you wake up one day and you're like furby i must (laughs) i must mod my furby sick furby mods (laughs) Hey, hey, mom. Hey, mom. Do you still have my Furby? Hey, can I have it? Can I have it? What do you want to use it for, sweetie? Don't ask me these questions. Don't. You'll see on Facebook one day. <laughs> oh. Anyway, that's the sponsor of Hearts this week. This is the Furby modding community because they're doing much <laughs> work, apparently. <laughs> Stilted, doing the Lord's 
work that you're like, T -t 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 I can't, I, I must. <laughs> <laughs> um, with that, let's move into our pre-salt. Last week, I went to... So, my brother, my brother, and me came to Salt Lake City to do a live show. Um, and my friends and I all got tickets and went to that. It was a lot of fun. Uh, it was a full house. They got a Bravanel Hall, which um, apparently uh, Justin pronounced wrong in their promo for it. And, I, and he was mercilessly mocked for pronouncing it incorrectly. Um, and so throughout the entire show, they were like, okay, you guys have to say the name for us. <laughs> <laughs> um, they started with um, Travis and Teresa, I think is her name, his wife, did an episode of Schmanners. And then uh, Justin and Sydney did an episode of Sawbones about essential oils. If you all don't know... Um, well, MLMs in general are really big here, but especially, especially essential oils. Holy shit. Do Utahns love their essential oils? Wow. Like, it's a big industry here. I believe doTERRA was founded in Utah. Either that or Young Living, or maybe both of them. I'm not really sure. Those are, like, the big ones. It's funny because um, my mom has straight up been like, here's some frankincense to cure your depression. <laughs> it's just, like, essential... <laughs> It's like, great, now I'm depressed and I stink. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I they have, like, their respective conventions in downtown Salt Lake um, every now and again. And, like, I can always tell it they're in town <laughs> because there's a bunch of people walking around. And, like, it's not unusual for the, there to be conventions in downtown Salt Lake that I will pass when I go to work and whatnot. But then, like, they they smell like <laughs> essential oils. <laughs> like, really strongly. <laughs> so you can always tell that it's them. Um, but that was fun. Honestly, I would listen to a whole episode about Justin McElroy going off on MLMs. He, at one point, he was like, Sydney told me I could have a minute. And so he just, like, dumped on MLMs for a while. Um and had all these statistics about the average amount of money these people who are selling these particular MLMs make. Spoilers, it's an average of zero dollars. Um, which surprised me, because I expected it to be in the negatives. So, the fact that they evened out at zero was pretty surprising to me. But, um, yeah, and then after that they went on to My Brother, My Brother and Me, which was great. They, they had audience questions. I mean, if you've listened to any of their live shows, you kind of know how they're supposed to go. Um... So, and I assume they were record, look like they were recording this one, so I assume it'll be released eventually. Um, so, look forward to that, I guess. Um, other than that, I've been playing catch up on Final Fantasy XIV. I'm just now finally getting through all the content and, like, unlocking all the, like, raids and stuff so that I can say that I'm caught up in time for Shadowbringers. Um... And so I fought Rathalos. Um, that one, I had that one sitting in my duty fighter for like a million years because I didn't, I was like, uh, scary, new primal. Um, it wasn't really that hard. <laughs> it, the tricky, the trick to Rathalos is that there is no, um, AOE markers on the ground. So you have to actually pay attention to where he's looking. Um, 
because if he's facing you, get then out of the way. What this is a tank that he's supposed to right do. Now. Get out of the way. But okay, so uh, so I draw aggro from uh, yeah. Rathalos, and I'm he, facing Rathalos. When he starts to when he starts to wind oh, up, okay. like he'll like turn and face a direction, and then you move, okay. and then you go back I in. Was like, um, just like just like any other. Yeah, AOE. I'm just used to like m- my job is to keep the boss staring at me essentially, and. S- yeah, but I told I told you there was one boss fight where you were like, "What the fuck?" and I was like, "No, okay. he just spins." Oh, it was the one in um Oh yeah, cuz I was like, "Come back." And you're like, "Don't worry about it." Why does he keep You're like, "Come back." He's like, "No, no, you have him." He just he just spins. <laughs> he spins. Um, and there's a lot of bosses that do that. <clears throat> um but in Rathalos is like that too. So it'll face a direction, everybody scatters <laughs> and he charges forward, then you come back. Uh there's also a part where you can't use healing oh, spells, um, you have an you have a special action potion that you can use, but you only have ten of them, so you have to like you know not die. Um, it makes healing a little boring because you're not allowed to heal, and you basically become a glorified Asuna drone while also casting just throwing rocks. Um, but it it's still pr- kind of a cool fight, and I'd like to try. Um, the EX fight because you can get the Rathalos mount from that and that's pretty dope. Um and then I got my I got my Palico minion which I immediately ran to yeah. show Jesse. Okay, it was so cute. <laughs> Kay's like, Jesse! <laughs> like, look at my friends. <laughs> look! And I was like, because ah! just <laughs> straight up screaming. It's so cute. It like walks around and looks looks um it kind of seems like it's, it hears something and it looks around and it'll like groom its little face. It's an angel and I love it. Meanwhile, you um, look over at my ugly child, Goober. <laughs> I love Goober. <laughs> I had the, the, the Goober Sproutling minion for a long time. I think I used that one. I used that one up until I got the heavy hatchling from the. um, the, That's the fat chocobo <laughs> chick from the gold saucer. Um. So until I managed to get that one, and then I used that one up until I got Midgard Sormer, and then I used Midgard Sormer until I got the Palico. And I'll probably go back to Midgard Sormer, let's be honest. Midgard Sormer I love Midgard so him. much. So cute, because I'm a dragon whore, but we all know this. But he's also really so cute. cute. And we had that that artist that drew the cute art of him all beach ready with a little Hawaiian uh, shirt and some sunglasses and a hat. I saw that again he's the other so day, cute. and I almost started crying because it was so cute. <laughs> <laughs> I love him. <laughs> Um, and the last thing I have to talk about is that, um, so I guess all of a sudden my Link Shell's Discord channel kind of blew up because apparently, um, so the, the Link Shell I'm in is the Friends of Me and it's for a free company called the Knights Husseini. Um, so they're all Monty Python themed and the Monty Python apparently was released on April 3rd, 1975. And so they're like, well, anniversary event. And so on April 6th, we gathered at the, um, the I can't remember what the name of the tower is, but it's a big tower, circular tower in central Kirthus. Uh It's very tall. And the free company leader kind of ran off the roof and um, jumped to a certain location and we all had to get as close, jump off and get as close to him as we possibly could. Um, and there was like 25 of us 
in this little tower and like normal fucking people are trying to do their story quests. Um, and like, they're just like every, every time at some point we were all in voice chat on discord. And at some point somebody was like, okay, like, um, if, if somebody comes by and asks what we're doing, we just have to respond with knee. And so somebody did, somebody came by and was like, Whoa, what's going on here? We'll just start like screaming knee at them. And like, just stupid bullshit like that. After after we played darts, um, we also did a race across the, uh, Eorzea, starting in Thanalan, no, in the Shroud, and then running um, through the Shroud down through Thanalan, uh, down to Alamigo. And I came in absolute dead last because hashtag PS4 limitations. But you know what? It's fine. <laughs> um... That's my that's my pre-salt. I mean, I uh, I really don't have much to talk about. I'm gonna start with um, my 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 moms have been watching Family Feud a lot, and so I I walked by the living room and I hear like one of the Family Feud answers was uh, I would not want to see an old man wearing a condom, and I'm just like, well, I'm like, either, but I guess. I guess it's better than if he wasn't wearing a condom, right? Like, I what is the context for the also, who thinks that that's, like, one of the answers to one of these questions? This just reminds me of when the answer was naked grandma. Like, I would not want to see him, something yeah. I would not want to see in my house or something like that. I was like, naked grandma, and it haunts me to this day. Um, <laughs> uh, I guess, I mean, I don't really have anything specific to talk about with Final Fantasy, except that I've been playing Final Fantasy and having a good time and hanging out with Kay a lot, which is always super nice. Um, it's nice to hang out with Kay and play Final Fantasy. Final Fantasy is a good game for that, to just go around and have a dumb good time, and, well, also, like, leveling. I've almost got war- Screaming at our respective party members. Oh, yeah. Um, <laughs> I almost, uh, I've almost leveled Warrior up to where my Paladin is, and I'll be probably switching for my main story quest to Warrior. Um... Just, just because Paladin, 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 um, just because Paladin isn't my thing, um, I don't know, it's like, like I said before, it's the prep of tanking, um, so I, I'm enjoying Warrior a little bit more, also I just enjoy Warrior a little bit more to play, um, also I just got my job stone for Warrior, huzzah, um, mm-hmm. So I, I, like, of course you get your job stone for warrior, so you get your tank stance and they're like, beast gauge! And I just kept yelling, beast gauge! (laughs) 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 So which case, like, yes, that's your, you know, that's part of your tank stance. And I'm like, it doesn't matter, it's beast gauge! Like, I keep yelling it, like I'm yelling beast (laughs) mode at the gym. Um. For Dark Knight, it's yeah. Blood Gauge, which is just as edgy as it needs to be for for Dark Knight. I saw this, like, um, alignment chart with all the classes on it. Yes, yeah. and, like, Dark Knight was all the way in edgy, and then Paladin was over by Uwu, um, <laughs> and Warrior was in... <laughs> yeah, yeah, I saw this chart. Warrior was, like, smacked out I think it was middle. posted in my free company. Oh, really? That's funny. Yeah. Yeah. So, it was just, it was pretty funny, because I'm like, ah, uh, yes, I over in the middle. Um, Dark Knight is weird because, like, I was uh, I was learning, I was researching how to be a better tank because I want to be good at it. Although there got to a point where, like, I was way up into the like 
high-level dungeons, and people were giving, like, hot tips about that, and I was just like, you know that math lady gift? Um, that, because it can get like that at a certain point, but, uh, you can get that deep into tanking. I don't think I'll ever be a great tank for that reason, because I started, like, math lady gifting it up, um, but I... Yeah, I mean, you don't have to, like, do savage content if you don't want to or anything that, like that. Yeah. Um, that's where that's where you really start getting into the math Yeah, because I just, I'm not about that life. I mean, I'm barely, a, like, I'm barely a, an okay tank at this point. So I was doing research um, on tanking, especially because I was, like, when the fuck do I use my cooldowns appropriately, like, to to best help me when I'm actually in a dungeon and stuff that will help me keep aggro because I have aggro management issues. Um and while I was reading that, um, I was focusing mostly on warrior, uh, but the person broke it down for warrior, um, paladin, warrior, and dark knight. And, like, paladin, I guess, to me, has the easiest, like, de- like declarative, like, this is your tank stance, and then, like, your DPS stance, kind of. Um, yeah, warrior does not it have doesn't. a DPS stance. And, but the, the tank stance... It's still, like, a clear, definitive tank stance kind of thing. Dark right. Knight got really confusing, because there's, like, there... Dark Knight has a yeah, tank stance. It's great. But, like... Yeah. I, I don't... It is confusing. It is confusing, though. Yeah, you, you combine it with, with yes, uh, Dark Side. Yes, it was side the Dark and, Side and Grit like, thing that I was like, what is going... You have to manage your MP with blood price, and because you, you use MP mostly for your actions rather than TP... And you lose it, but you don't regenerate it when you're in grit and dark side. So you have to regenerate it with blood price, which is on a, like a 60 second cooldown or something like that. It, yeah, it is really complicated. Um, there's a reason why I was a bad dark knight. I like the aesthetic, <laughs> there's a lot of reasons why I was like, a bad dark knight. Mm, not today, Satan. So <laughs> probably. Yeah. Thankfully, a lot of um, tank armors are Ew. the same. So like. You'll get this spiny armor. You'll just have a battle axe instead of a big fuck up uh, sword, bastard sword. Yeah, <laughs> um, yeah. So I mean, like, I, I'm I'm pretty. Ex- I mean, I I like playing warrior. It's okay. I just saw somebody the other day like wearing the like level sixty armor for warrior, and I was like, oh, I like this. So it's it's not bad fashion wise either. Um, Oh, I got the level 60 Astrologian set, by the way. Finally. The dress. It's very nice. <laughs> that gear is so cute. It's so cute. It's so pretty. It's the Welkin set, for those of you listening along at home. Pretty. Um, so, it's super pretty. So, yeah. I mean, like, I'm happy. I think I'm going to keep leveling for my DPS. I'm going to keep leveling Bard, because I have a lot of fun doing that. So while I'm playing the main story quest yeah. in between that, if I get bored with, like, sometimes you just need a break from main story quest, you know? Um, I yeah. will do some, some archer leveling into Bard, because I like the long-range DPS sort of deal. Bard is also really forgiving to, um, pick up and learn, because it's, um, it's just less to manage. You have your dots to keep mm-hmm. up, of course, and all of your song timing and whatnot, but, um, you don't have any cast times to worry about. You can move around freely, stay in the back. And you also have party utility to kind of, like, um, buff or assist your healers slash tanks slash everyone else. So, 
Also, it's real cool. I like I like a lot. <laughs> were uwu thoughty, so I. <laughs> yeah, <they> were. <laughs> I was like, I'm here for this. Um, Their gear also crosses over with machinists. Yeah. So if you ever decide to pick that one, I up. like um, my my faves currently. Uh, warrior. Um, I like the, but for gear, my favorite so far. I do like the bard gear. And I also really enjoy the Dragoon gear, but I feel... Dragoon gear is it, fucking... It's good, Todd, except for that weird ab cutout. The, the <laughs> Alex... Yeah, but, like, some of the, the non... Um, I didn't like any of the artifact gears for Dragoon, but um, the, like, non-artifact gear stuff, like the uh, Alexander Midas stuff was... No, it was Alexander Gordius. That's the stuff that I was wearing that had, like... Um, I don't... I can't I, I posted a screenshot of it to Twitter a million years ago, but like the Alexander Guardius stuff is awesome. Like the Skaven maiming set is awesome. Like there it's just all it's it's, it's good, good, Todd. Yeah. It's good. Like Um and as we know, I am I am a like I'm a dumb gay bitch and I love me some fucking awesome gear. Cause you can't fight crime if you ain't cute. It's the rules. Literally, end game at this point. Like I'm unlocking the raids so I can play the raids over and over again, so I can get clothes. <laughs> Listen, like you know, I can't really afford to go out and go ham on clothes in real life, so might as well do it. Might as well do it in yeah. video games. Um, and then my last piece of pre salt is uh, I started watching season two of Mob Psycho 100. Um, this season is really feel heavy. Uh, also, my friend, shout out to my friend who was like, I was watching it with commercials on Crunchyroll, and I was like, God, these ads. And she's like, I have Crunchyroll. Would you just use my Crunchyroll? And I was like, what? <laughs> you have Crunchyroll? Who can afford that in this economy? Um, so I get the no ads. Um, I saw the... Crunchyroll is one of those things that I subscribe to if there's something I really, really want to watch, and then I unsubscribe to it. So it's a mood, like yeah, yeah, like yeah. So if it, I mean, like, if there's something I need, I like, I'm really into this, and I want to be able to watch every episode like day one, then I subscribe for the duration of that show, and then I just cancel my subscription. Unlike Netflix, where I have it kind of persistently subscribed. Yeah, like. You know, Crunchyroll is just that, you know, I, I only need this for a little while because you can watch it for yeah. free, unlike Netflix. I so that's really, what I do. Because <laughs> I really, really, really um, loved Mob Psycho 100 um, season one. And I um, I picked up uh, season two, actually the first episode I watched in theaters with my friend. I talked about it on the podcast with a bunch of sweaty nerds in a dark room and there were like no there were no like ads beforehand and so we were all just sitting in the dark <laughs> waiting for it to come on it was really <laughs> awkward uh and it was sponsored by Crunchyroll um, <laughs> so i saw episode 1 of it in theaters and i had been waiting till it finished and it just finished to like go through and just kind of devour them um because i was hearing that this season was kind of high stress and i've read a lot of the manga too so i vaguely remember that it gets shit gets real um but it still has every bit of enjoyable content of mob psycho like you know reagan is beautiful and perfect and i love him um and also he's the millennial and i'm just it's kind of like how when i watched spider-man into the spider-verse i was like oh shit i'm peter b parker um well like 
Reagan is like in his 20s and doing his best, but he's also kind of a loser. So like, I understand him on a spiritual level. Um, and then, you know, we've got like, the, the ensemble cast that's wonderful but i think what we really want me to talk about right now is just the fucking animation um i i love that studio bones or some whenever they draw thirst art of reagan i just call them studio boner but like uh, <laughs> my my theory that they put all the thirst on reagan so that people don't draw like lewd art of underage people is a strong theory my dudes almost to the point where like they kept characters that aren't even in the like show anymore in the promo art that i know aren't in the manga just to have like shippy stuff going on to protect the children and you know what i appreciate that (laughs) um so like the but the animation if people don't know um mp100 is also a one property um one also did one punch man and whereas one punch man got picked up by a an artist to continue the manga uh, specifically the artist that did i shall yes. one um mp100 never did uh and it's still going although i think it's almost to, i think one said this he's it's coming to the end um but that didn't stop one from continuing to make it like i i appreciate even with one punch man which i is not my favorite like i i appreciate one punch man but i don't love it the same way i love mob psycho um i uh, i appreciate that you know he had these ideas and just because he couldn't draw he didn't stop him and he couldn't find anyone to pick it up and he kept going and i admire that because i'm so happy that these things exist in the world like as i'm watching mob psycho season two i'm like god this is such a beautiful amongst all the humor and the action there's just these beautiful moments of just pure good storytelling and relatability and humanity um which i think yes Sorry, I think we kind of talked about this back for season one, but I kind of appreciate that they use some of one's art style in the oh, animation yeah. for Mob Psycho yeah. 100. I mean, like, they definitely... Like, they didn't have yeah. to, but they did. <laughs> and it looks and nice. it's, it's very it's very <laughs> charming, I think. And it's part of what's endearing about yeah. um, Mob Psycho. Uh, I also like that they, they have, like, guest artists come in and do, like, the break animations, um... Like, for the ending theme of season one, all of that was done on window glass, I guess? And they, like, hand-painted it and then would, like, wipe it away, and then, like, they um, animated all of that by hand. If you look at a lot of the, even the key animation, it's fucking gorgeous. Like, before anything happens to it, there's some beautiful animation. Um, Some interesting styles of, like, mixing what would i what i would call more realistic physics with like pure animation physics that kind of smooth animation that doesn't worry so much about anatomy mixed with what would actually be affected by anatomy and gravity giving it this kind of surreal effect that i really enjoy like one of my favorite fight scenes ever animated of all time is um in season one there's an alleyway fight scene between um mob and this guy who's trying to take his brother and it's it's really great you guys should check it out even if you don't want to watch the show um but I really recommend this show. I definitely, like I said, I think that I, I really appreciate that one didn't give up, even though uh, 
he had to draw it himself and he didn't know what he was doing. Also, if you read the manga, like, his art gets better over time, which just goes to show you that the strongest key to becoming a good artist is practice. Um, but, I, like I said, there's some there's some beautiful stuff in Mob Psycho that's just in purely, like, it, it's, it's shown in anime, but, like, also heartfelt at the same time and also funny. And one of the things I always um, think about is, like, for for a while, I mean, I think this was a conversation that people were having about um, what not to do with your OCs, right? And they were going through all these things. And one of the things was, like, you can't make your characters too powerful. But I think um, one's specialty is that all of his OCs are t- way too powerful. But then that becomes a fault and not, like, a... Yeah. That's definitely it's like this thing, thing, yeah. And it just goes to show you that you can make your characters OP as fuck as long as you learn to write around that. Like, the issue becomes when you put all of your um, energy into, like, people leveling up and leveling up their power, and that becomes the whole thing. There's going to be a point where someone reaches the ultimate, I'm too powerful, and then what do you do with them? Whereas one starts them at, I'm too powerful, and that becomes a huge part of the problem in the story that needs to be worked around. Um, and I really appreciate that. So check out Mob Psycho 100 season two. If you haven't already seen season one, though, check that out first. Don't, don't just jump into season two. Um, but yeah, yeah. I, I definitely, I watched less anime than I used to. I'm definitely more picky about anime now. Um, not that there's anything wrong with anime. I just, it's the time effort economy. Um, <laughs> Yeah, but I I'm really enjoying it, and that's my pre salt. I dabbed, but nobody could see it. I don't know why I bothered. <laughs> Let's move into salt. My first is that I I mean I mentioned in the pre salt that I'm kind of running through content and trying to get caught up and part of that was the eight man raids from Stormblood and I'd done Delta Scape quite a while ago uh, so I was doing Sigma Scape um, holy shit <laughs> that was rough um, I, the first two went fine I did Doom Train and I don't think it was actually called Doom Train but I'm calling it Doom Train because it looks like the Doom Train summon from Final Fantasy 7 um and others. But I don't even remember what the second one was. But we get I get the Sigmascape 3 and then it all goes to hell. And um, I, I don't remember a whole lot of that fight. I remember that the other healer was kind of useless. And I remember that uh, at one point... And the Red Mage wasn't helping with healing, which was kind of like... I mean, I guess it's not required of them, but I was frustrated at them for not even attempting to help. And at one point they were like, I need a mana shift. And I was like, that's your fucking job. Like, yeah. you're supposed to mana shift other people. So, I don't know what the hell was going on there. Um, then the next one is Kefka. Uh, and what was funny is that we ended up with, like, most of the same people. Like, it was the same monk. Um, I remember because his name was Kind Father. Uh, <laughs> and then, same tank, same... Um, I, think, I think it was a different alt healer, but there, there was a couple of the same DPS. I think the Black Mage was the same. Um... That one was a fucking disaster. Kefka's got some tough mechanics, um, including 
one where he'll, he'll have some orbs go around him and you have to do something. And if there's question marks in the orbs, you have to deliberately disobey the mechanic. But I was having a hard time figuring out what the mechanic I was supposed to disobey was oh, yeah. in a lot of those cases. That's kind of important. Um, <laughs> that is kind of important. Um, he also has a couple of knockback attacks that I got fucked up by. Um, it, he's just, he's a real bastard, which makes sense considering his character arc in Final Fantasy VI. Um, but cool fight. I'm finally through that. I didn't have the energy to continue on to um, Alpha Scape is the last one. So I haven't done that yet. That's the most current raid I'm expecting. It's going to be the toughest, and that's the one I'm going to be savage raiding with my free company eventually. So I'm big scared, but we'll see how that goes. And the other... <laughs> Thing I have to talk about was this tank oh. that I encountered in leveling roulette. Um, I tweeted about this on on Twitter a little bit, but it was it was a mess. Basically, I get into this dungeon and um, cast protect, and the tank just sprints away and pulls pulls a huge mob. Tamtar Deepcroft is the second dungeon that you. Um, encounter in this game so most players won't have aoe's i think actually all players don't have aoe's yet um i had one aoe heal i couldn't use my cards i didn't have any shields i didn't have the nocturnal or diurnal sex or anything like that so i was a little bit um the dark magician one or the pirates no pirates is the stasha uh, Temtar is the one with the orbs yeah. that you have to fondle and break contact yeah. with oh uh, yeah so, with Squidward. With yeah. Squidward, <laughs> yeah. Um, the mind player at the end. But so we're we're rushing through, and every time like we'd start fighting these huge mobs, and then he'd get it whittle it down so there's like one, two, three enemies left, and then he'd sprint off to go pull more enemies. And so I'm just like, Alright, this is how we're gonna go. Tamtara is a bit of a maze, um, or at least it appears to be at first. Um and there, it's a lot of narrow corridors, and I can't cast spells around corners. Yeah. If you break line of sight with your healer, your healer can't heal you. So this was a constant problem throughout the dungeon. And I was just kind of mad at him for constantly running off. Um, so at one point, this is all going on. We're fighting a huge mob. I'm DPSing my ass off. And I noticed that the tank's health has gotten quite low. Um... So I turn I I'm trying to remember the name of it. It's Essential Dignity. I cast Essential Dignity, which is a instant cast spell, and it's more it has a higher potency the lower the target's health is. So it was almost a complete full heal for him. Um j- while I was fumbling with my controller, he ran up to me because he was panicking and saw that I was essentially standing still because I was trying to find the button on my controller. Um and so he says Please don't go a- AFK mid-heal, please. Uh, or uh, mid-fight as healer, please. With a smiley face at the end. And like, oh man, something about that interaction got me feeling a certain way. Like, Them spite words. It really, it really burned my biscuits, I tell you <laughs> what. And so I, I kind of responded, I didn't. I was DPSing. And he's like, my health got down to 5%. And I'm like, you're fine. I have essential dignity. And he's like, but if you miss, I die. And I I didn't I stopped responding at that point because my only response to that would be, 
Did you die? Did you die? <laughs> did you die? And um, he's just like he was a sprout he sprout tank. Um, I at the time assumed that he'd never played healer or anything else because he seemed pretty pretty new. And the I remember interestingly enough we ha- ended up with a thaumaturge and a black mage in the same dungeon. So two black mages essentially both were sprouts. And I'm like, I need to take the high ground. <laughs> um, I've got the high ground, the Anakin. Serenity. <laughs> I need to take the higher road. Um, so I just went quiet. Um, I did very pettily make sure that I didn't heal him unless he dropped below like 30, 40, 30% health. Um, because I'm petty like that and I wanted him to panic. He started using convalescence at that point whenever his health got below like 40%. When I'm just like you fucking baby. Like you better get, you better get used to this by the way if you just if like like Jesse never says anything to me if I let their health get low. Um <laughs> Jesse both fears and trusts me as yeah. a healer. Um so in high level content, these little baby tanks that are super needy and cry if their health gets below 40% need to get used to that because it's going to happen a lot. Um, the healer may not heal you until you get down quite low because benediction and essential dignity are a thing. But um, I don't know what the scholar equivalent is. Eh. Um, but I think it might be Fate Union. I don't remember. But And like I generally assume that the we, healer is busy. Like... M- I don't assume, like, that the healer's just standing there doing nothing. Like, that's not... I have I have seen that happen. As yeah, I've and about I'm sure before, there are but... healers that do that. But, like, my assumption is, if I'm not being healed right now, it's probably because the healer has something happening, and what is happening. Yeah. Yeah. Like, Even when I'm lying dead on the ground, I'm just like, well, they'll get to me. Yeah, I do too! The other day I died in a dungeon, and I was like, oh, they'll get to me when they get to me. <laughs> I'm like they're gonna notice I'm dead because suddenly all the enemies suddenly they're gonna have all yeah. the aggro yeah but he was just so fucking needy and like I looked him up after um cause I was like what's the deal with this guy and he actually surprised me because he has played a healer he played astrologian to level 64 and so I'm like what the fuck why doesn't he know how this works it, I don't know, his search info was kind of strange. It seemed like maybe he might have um, used a level boost or something. But he was just a weird guy. And I'm like, why are you like this? Sir, sir. And I won't sir, say his actual name, sir. but it was like the name of like... He, he had, had an Edgelord McGee DM name, DM that's name. for sure. Yeah. And I was just like, fuck, I missed my chance to have that name. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I was super fucking pissy. And I... Like, seriously, did you die? Like, that, that's the thing. Is that, like, I didn't let him die. He's He got down to 5%, which I admit is kind of scary low. But, like, I got him back up to, to top and, like, just, just calm down. If you're going to, and especially, like, since a lot of the reason his health, like, at one point his health also got really low after this because he went around a corner and I couldn't heal him. And I'm just like, I guess you'll die. Yeah. Like, like, what do you want me to do, bro? <laughs> Like, I'm not going to follow you in there. You you got yourself in this mess, and you can get yourself back out. So, oh, God, he was just, he was a frustrating individual. And it's the first time I've really, like, 
encountered that needy of a tank because i've had tanks that kind of boss me around in dungeons before i had one in the burn that kept um running and running and running and i would cast and he was really squishy because it's the burn the burn's just kind of a tough dungeon um the burn so i'm sorry um, i I cast single target regen on him to keep him alive while he was pulling enemies but that drew aggro to me and usually a competent tank will just get that aggro back right away and keep going but this guy didn't fucking do anything about it and after i died a couple times because of this he was like don't cast regen while I'm pulling. And I'm just like, I guess you'll die. Sips water. No, <laughs> like, what did you do, bro? I let his health get very low as well. Like, oh, are you done? Oh, I'm sorry, are you done pulling? Okay, benediction. Um, but, God, he was just, just a needy little baby. And learn learn to play healer and then come talk I to always, me. I always called him, in Overwatch, I was a main healer. And, like, even though the tanks had kind of a different function, like, they, they're... It was a lot of the same complaints yeah, that Yeah, because people would be upset that, like, they'd be like, I need healing, and I look over, and they're like, oh, their health has ticked down by maybe 5%, and I'm like... Or you're Lucio, oh, and yeah. you're like, then stand in the magic circle. Healing circle. Stand in the magic yeah, circle. Yeah, it's just like... If you happen to die when you're outside the circle, it is not my yeah. fault. It's it's. I think it's a part, like I, I was telling Kay, I think a big part of it is people not playing enough of other classes to, like, know. But also, I don't know, I just have fear and respect for my healers at all time. <laughs> well, that's my salt. Alrighty. Um, let's, let's salt it up and shake it like a salt shaker. Uh, sorry, I don't know why I'm like this. Um, my first piece of salt is, like, I, I know people, because there's, there's gonna be a new Star Wars trailer coming soon, um, and to which, because... Batten down the hatches. You know, uh, because new promo art leaked and people can't tell if it's canon or not and blah 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 and the new trailer's coming out and like I know people are like Jesse aren't you excited about Star Wars and I'm just so broken <laughs> like there's just the point where I'm like man I don't know how I feel about Star Wars like it's been long enough between the Last Jedi, and now that the clusterfuck that was The Last Jedi, both, like, as a film, I didn't enjoy it very much, um, but, like, I didn't enjoy the shitty backlash around it, too, because the reason that people were citing for it being bad were, in my opinion, not the reasons it was bad, um, i.e. people saying that you didn't need a woman of color in this film, which I'm sorry, but, like, Star Wars could probably use more women of color, I'm just gonna be honest, because right now we have Rose Tico, who got, like, I guess, got, like, relegated to the job of love interest TM, um, and then every other woman, like, I love Rey, but, like, let's be honest, Rey, Leia, and Padme all look very similar. And, like, Padme and Leia kind of have an excuse, because that's her mom. But, like, Rey could have been anyone else, you know? Um, so, I have I have feelings about that. I think there's a lot of, like, the people complain that diversity is the issue, and I'm like, 
I mean, that's bullshit any time, but, like, it's also Star Wars has the bare minimum diversity TM. Um, so that's really just, like, bullshit. Um, and, you know, like, it's still, it's still straight in this Chili's. It's a very straight, pretty white Chili's in space, I guess. Um, mm-hmm. So, like, th- that clearly wasn't the issue, but that's what man babies whined about the most. Um, also, apparently, Kylo Ren's scar moved about two millimeters to the right, and so man babies were like, are they gonna fix it in the next movie? And I just stared into the camera like I'm in an episode of The Office, because y'all... Why are they I don't like know! This? And, like, the funniest thing about it is, is, like, you know, I, I like me some Kylo Ren, but, like... I didn't even notice. I was just like, whatever. Like, get, because you're because I'm a normal human person. being. Like, that was a, that's another thing. Is that the other the other the other part of the community is like we need to redeem Kylo Ren, and him and Ray need to be together, even though he gaslighted her and told her that she was nothing but garbage in um, the Last Jedi. But we need them to be together. And you know what? At this point, I think it's probably gonna happen. Like, I've given up. I've given up my hope of like he's just gonna be a villain, and like sometimes shitty men don't deserve nice things. Just because they're redeemed in quotation marks um like you s- I mean we already went through this with Lord, with uh Darth Vader yeah. so I was expe- I'm expecting it to happen and I never really expected any different yeah. so and I I just I just kind of like and people I don't know people expect me to be behind that because I like Kylo Ren but as I explained to Kay I also like Scar from The Lion King, but I'm not like, you know who really want, needs to be redeemed? Scar. I know he killed his brother with antelope, and I know he hoped the child died too, but you know what? He needs to be redeemed. Um, no. Like, <laughs> I, I love Scar as a villain, like, but I don't think, you know what? I think he's just misunderstood. Like, that's not... That's not my, that's not my hill I'm gonna die on. And, like, in the case of Anakin, this isn't a Star Wars podcast, but in the case of Anakin Skywalker, I think Anakin Skywalker was redeemed at the end of his life in a way that isn't, like, he's perfect, it's just, like, he can sometimes, anybody can make the right choice. Like, that's the kind of redeemed, and I think that, like, in a lot of ways, it was, like, in the end, he made the right choice, and sometimes, like, anybody can have really shitty parents, and we have to choose whether or not you're, like, gonna forgive that person, and that's a very personal journey, and I, like, I don't think Leia forgave him, but I think Luke did in a lot of ways. Like, there's that whole, there's a complexity there that isn't there with redeeming someone for the sake of romance, you know what I'm saying? Um... And so yeah. I just, I, I don't really know what to, to care about that. That's just a personal thing. Um, I, they did get me, they did hook me a little bit when they were like, here's this outfit that Ray's wearing that looks really similar to Padme's outfit in the second prequel movie. And I'm like, don't you dare, don't you dare use my gayness against me, you bastards. Um, <laughs> but like, I, I still don't, I don't even know that I'll see this one in theaters. Will I watch it? Probably. But, like, I just, I don't think The Last Jedi was, like, a garbage mo- movie for any of the reasons most of the man babies said it was a garbage movie about. I don't even think it was really a garbage movie. I just didn't enjoy its vision. 
Um, and that's okay. It's okay to just be like, I don't like this. Also, I think there were some genuinely bad parts, but I'm also the person who points out all the time that Empire is a messy movie and fucking, like, I did that on Richard's podcast and somebody was like, this person's really funny, but also they're wrong about Empire. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I'm not even joking. Like, that legit happened. Um... So, yeah, let, let's be honest. My, my, apparently my Star Wars opinions are controversial TM. Um, but yeah, so if I, if you're wondering why, like, I haven't, like, been talking about the Star Wars trailer, I'll probably watch it and get heartburn. Um, like, <laughs> I have feelings. I have bad Star Wars opinions, TM. Um, but yeah, that's 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 one of my pre-salt things. And rolling with that, let's just keep rolling. Um, because recently, I've had multiple artists I follow have issues with internet discourse. TM. I'm not saying TM. Yeah, TM, TM. I'm not saying that like there are no valid discussions to be had on the internet. Because let, let, to be honest with you, I. I got on tumblr.com around 2011 um and there was a lot of shit that like i would never have seen if not for that website and people discussing serious issues there was a lot of that discussion that helped me grow as a person a lot tons um even if it just sparked conversation between me and my IRL friends about certain issues that helped me grow however However, this thing is also, like, a double-edged sword, I feel like, um, and partially because I think it's gotten out of control in the weirdest way possible, and I don't, I don't know how to quantify it because I feel like I don't want to damn the social justice kind of, like, this, this SJW, um, like, name, but not that they're not damaging it themselves. But, like, <laughs> I think that there are serious issues that need to be talked about. What happens, though, a lot of times is this behavior that I call, like, that I think a lot of people call dogpiling. So, essentially, you'll have one person and someone says, this person's problematic because of these things. They don't need proof. They don't need sources. They can just say that. And then a bunch of people come and not wanting to be left out of the internet, social justice, you know, I'm woke kind of like collective personality, jump on those people that have been, you know, cited as like uh, problematic and just destroy them, essentially. I've seen people had to leave the internet. Um, I've seen an artist who is called... um, a pedophile for drawing two adult people because they had a Disney style and someone decided that they were drawing children even though they were drawing people in their 30s as adults in their 30s um and they had to leave the internet like they had to leave there's people who knew them I think I remember that person um people who know them had said that they they basically had a mental breakdown like And to be honest, how can you not? Your life is essentially, when so much of your life depends on social media as an entertainment person, you know, um, it becomes like, you can't escape that, no matter what the truth is. Because somebody says it, 
And it doesn't even matter what the truth is anymore. Nobody's looking up the truth. It's just as bad as fake news. Like, it's the same bullshit. And the idea of using moral high ground as a way to bully other people is really disgusting to me because nobody is doing research into what the... When I hear this person's problematic TM, right, immediately go do research and find out, like, the source of this information. You know what I'm saying? Like... Yeah. Like, I can't trust anything that that comes up anymore. I have to independently verify it because, yeah. like, what if they're being called problematic for fucking yeah. nothing? What if it's fa- fake news yeah. TM? And like- so I, I immediately do research and I go, I, I told my, I told my friend we were in a cafe when one of the things happened and I was just like, hold on, I have to open up my computer. And I went through the person's likes. I went through their page for, I scrolled forever. I went through internet history about them. Couldn't find what this person was talking about. They had to talk about something else. Like it was, it was a big deal. Um, and, and in like another level of this becomes artists who, um, on the other hand, like draw not safe for work material and a child sees it and says, even though they're, it'll be blocked off to 18 plus markers or like, I, I say this all the time about AO3 because people have tried to get AO3 shut down on several occasions even though AO3 has an exclude tag function, which let me tell you, growing up reading final, um, reading fan fiction on the Wild West internet, we did not have, like, the most you got was, this is a lemon, whatever was in there, you were gonna find out when you fucking opened it. So, you know, there's piss in there, you're gonna find out when you open it. There's yeah, pe- people would kind of, like, list the stuff that was, the content that was gonna be, that's where content warnings got really yeah. big, too, was, like, they would list not just triggers necessarily, but hey, if you don't want the ABO bullshit, like I've tagged it in my fix, so don't fucking yeah. read it. Like, and and so like, <laughs> or, or people will be like, oh, we think BDSM is abuse, which is another rant I could go on forever because BDSM is not abuse, but we'll get on, we'll get to that. But it's a kink, so people are like, you're exposing me to kink, even though, as we all know, in Ao3 there are. Um, rating tags. There are the tags that you can exclude from your search function and are mentioned on in the, like, you can just look at them right in front of your face. And when you click on it, it'll say this content contains 18 plus media or mature content. By clicking this, you are, um, like, saying that you want to see this content. And you have to click it at that point. So there are several layers to preventing that media from getting to you, a young person. And people... It's like it's like that, that joke yeah. I made on Twitter when you were talking about this, of the dead dove do not eat yeah. from Arrested Development. <laughs> like, I don't know what I was expecting. Yeah, like... Except instead, it's like... it's. I guess it's more like I say hey, don't touch the stove, it's still hot. And then they touch the stove and they're like, I can't believe I burned my hand because of you. Yeah, this is your <laughs> like, fault. No, you, I told you not to touch Yeah, how the dare you turn on the stove? <laughs> like, this, you're exposing me to burning. I have to cook my food. Yeah, and so, <laughs> like, I just, I I mean, oh, yeah. Oh, sorry, my, sorry. What? Yes, hold on a second. Sorry. Um, fuck, wrong thing. Hold on. Um, so, essentially, like I said, hurry up so I could give Jake a marker to edit this. He's not gonna leave it in and enjoy it. Um, so, 
what, what was I saying? I mean, this is this is a long ass rant. I've had this rant a million times, but essentially, like you, there are so many options now to not expose yourself to content on the internet with block lists. You can block artists. A lot of artists have their accounts now on Twitter set to eighteen plus. Um, the locked accounts, like, and then people get in these locked accounts and shit, and then they're like, how dare you? How dare you expose me to this? I'm like, how did you get in here at all? You shouldn't even be here. Without knowing. It's like me sneaking into a club and being like, how dare you give me alcohol? Like, I shouldn't have been in the club in the first place if I was under 18, you know? Um, but that's my, that's my big rant about this. I have a lot more complex issues inside of it but i don't think people would understand it like i don't think that's a not a not calling it's a russian nesting doll series of discourse tm like i i just don't think like people are are ready for that and if they are you know you can hit me up i can have a long conversation about it but this isn't the place to have it but just you know be aware be be aware that like a lot a lot of times if someone says that this person did this you should probably look up to see if they actually did it. Like, <laughs> that they actually did the thing that someone's randomly accusing them of. Or if they did do it, maybe see if you can find if they ever apologized for it. Because I don't know, I saw the James oh, yeah. Gunn discourse TM again recently, where it's like, those tweets are from 2009, and he pretty pretty well apologized for them already. Yeah. Like That's another thing. It's like, the whole point of woke <laughs> culture was supposed to be that, like, you allow people the space to change. But if they do change and you're still abusing them with your moral high ground, that's abuse. Like, a person has changed. They've said, I don't do this anymore. I'm looking to be better. It was wrong. it was wrong. But if you're, like, sitting there like, well, you did it once, so you deserve everything bad to happen to you. I'm just like, you're also kind of garbage. Like, let's, let's look in the mirror for a second. Um, yeah, there's some... I I don't know. Just, I've been real pissed about it lately. Um, And then, finally, my final piece of salt is actually just, like, a kind of personal piece of salt. Not that personal, because it involves Patreon. But what the fuck, Patreon? I subtweeted them, and they still haven't gotten to me. And I emailed them. I emailed them and subtweeted them. But when I talked to to Jarma, Jarma, Jarma Greer, on Twitter and subtweeted them about (laughs) something, they appeared magically to talk to... Just because you were talking about the issue yeah. du jour. Um, and like, I'm just like, Jesus Christ, can you appear magically to fix this problem? Because they've had my money on hold for a month. They, I, at this point, I can see the money. I can go to my account and see it, but it's frozen. And I'm like, Eric Andre, let me in! <laughs> um, yeah, they charged my card, so like, I want, they better fucking yeah, release the money. Like, <laughs> so the, and the thing about it is, is about a month ago, they sent me an email. I talked about this on Twitter. So it's it's in the history of Twitter that a month ago, they sent me this scary-ass email about how my Patreon was being reviewed for terms and services, or not terms, it was like privacy and um, like use and terms and blah, 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 blah. It was this big overarching trust and safety thing. So I 
I, you know, I was like, everybody, I'm freaking out. And, you know, Jeremy's like, ours cleared up, no problem. It cleared up on its own. Mine has not cleared up. They have not sent me another email about it. They have not talked to me about it. I am not violating the terms and services of Patreon, so I know it's not that. And I think it might be because I sometimes put in the wrong password on Patreon. But I hit the email verification every time and go through. And so I emailed them. I'm like, hey, this is me. It's me, Dio. Like... I, can I please have my, can I please have my money? So I don't know what I'm going to have to do to get Patreon's at- attention. I don't know if like screaming this out into the universe immediately after I scream this, Patreon will email me back and be like, you fool, you look like a total ass on your podcast screaming about it. But like, I need that money, yo. Like, I don't do this because I just like love to work for money and not get money. Like, what, what do you think? I, <laughs> If they if they don't release the money to you in a couple of days, like if they don't respond to your email in a couple of days, maybe start tweeting about what a scam they are and see if they respond. Yeah, Patreon is a scam. <laughs> at, yeah. on, at Patreon fucking won't release my fucking money. They're stealing my money. How dare yeah, they? Yeah, and then maybe, they'll, maybe I'll summon them. Um, yeah. Imply that it's all a conspiracy and that they're trying to get you to have to resub under the more expensive model. Oh, yeah. Because that's what got them. That's what got them to appear last yeah. time. You're a genius, Kay. Um, yeah. Thanks. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because I just I'm really pissed. Like, I need that money for for goods and services. Um, but that is the entirety of my salt. Well, now it's time to move into the imported salt. First comes from Michael Pren at Michael underscore Pren. Good morning, Salt Gang. My salt this week is directed at my sinuses. Sinuses, I needed you and me to be on the same page. We're in crunch time now, buddy. I can't take time off because of your grossness. Stop being infected right this instant. Working sick is the worst, but I'm the backup person in parentheses for the backup person, and we're both in the mix already, so I just have to stick it out. Ugh, other than that, I just want to say I'm also sick of the shouting match Twitter's ho- hosting about difficulty in games. <laughs> I don't care. <laughs> he didn't say TM, but I felt the need to add it because he capitalized each letter. Um, I don't even care who's right. Just stop yelling all the time. I'm aggressively muting everything I can until it all blows over. Thanks again for the great show. Looking forward to it again this week. Boy, that's a fucking mood about the... Oh, yeah. Uh, Both parts of that, yeah. of that message are a mood. To be honest, um, so we got a we got some salt from at we are not wizards. Oh my god, I'm sorry. Something my underwear moved, and I'm just okay. <laughs> we got <laughs> we got some salt from we are not wizards. Um, I've had such a mad busy week because some people think I make sense by telling them the first things they make are awful. It's been so strange to have so many positive reactions from a platform I usually associate with such negativity. It's very humbling. What is weird is to have people blatantly steal your content about creating content and claiming it's their it as their own. But I guess only a handful of fools in the sea of people is no um, no bad thing. I guess I've just platinum twitter loving the show you scamps keep the final fantasy 14 but there's a lot of there's a lot of 14 14 14 14 stuff coming you <laughs> rock um if you didn't know uh we're not wizards is a viral tweet now for his 
Yes. My fucking friend on Facebook re- uh, yeah. shared it like a screen cap. The witch, for the record, included his full Twitter handle and name. So at least there's that. Oh, yeah. No, um, but people on Reddit but, yeah, were stealing wild. it. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Because Reddit does yeah. that sometimes. So it was, it was wild. But yeah, no. Congratulations, Richard, for your viral tweet. I'm sorry it has been so <laughs> wild, though. But like... Congratulations on your internet fame. It yeah. Was it worth it, son? <laughs> How, what did it cost? What did it cost? <laughs> Richard just looks into everything. everything. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, all right, our last bit of imported salt comes from It's Probably Fine uh, at Gristly Bear. Hi there. It's been a while since I've written in, and this is more of a comment on the last episode than an imported salt, but I wanted to say that I really appreciate your take on the Sekiro discussion. I think it's an interesting conversation that's worth having, but it's become such a mess. Personally, I'm somewhere in the middle, where I am happy to see difficulty sliders and certain accessibility settings in most games, as long as it doesn't completely transform the work into something it's not. And I don't think that every game needs to be for every person, since often when a game tries to appeal to everyone, I think that it ends up being special to nobody. As for your comments slash concerns about Sekiro's difficulty, especially in comparison to other From games, I actually found this one to be far more fair than Dark Souls 3 and Bloodborne, which has long been my favorite despite that. I think that a lot of people, specifically established FromSoft fans, have been really struggling because this game punishes you for attempting to play it like a Souls game, and you need to unlearn the dodge button muscle memory. I also felt that DS3 started to add a lot of unfair mechanics that just felt like they were being they were there to artificially increase the difficulty. I also feel that way. Um, the reason I find Sekiro to not follow this trend is that more than any other From game, I think that almost every enemy has a clear and readable moveset that once learned gives you ample opportunity to master. Each enemy at first seems absurdly difficult, but after a few minutes of study and experimentation, have an exploitable weakness. But overall, I think that Sekiro lends itself to mechanical mastery more than its predecessors in that it has both a high skill floor and ceiling, but the game also does not allow the player to get away without perfecting the mechanics as they have removed the player-selected difficulty mechanics such as summoning and grinding souls to be overleveled and make the game easier. I can absolutely understand a lot of people's frustrations with the system, and I would never want to invalidate their experiences, but I also think it's worth providing a response that doesn't get good. Anyway, this was really long. As I said, this is more of a response than an imported salt, so don't worry about reading it on the podcast. I just wanted to share my thoughts. Too late! We read this Um, beautifully articulate piece of, like, what what would you, commentary on our... This was beautiful. Like, I, I actually found this grounding... And came from both ends. Yeah, I yeah. appreciate it. I think, I think you put into words a lot of what we were trying to say in a very concise manner. Um, and you actually have experience with the game, which definitely yeah. helps in that regard, because I have not played Sekiro. I think um, I, I definitely heard from a lot of people that whereas some of the other games, um, they're like, here's this mechanic. I think parrying is one of the, we talked about this. Um, and uh, fuck, what is it? the i guess viscerals come from parrying um but like those mechanics that you can choose to use in uh like say bloodborne like yeah the gas coin fight becomes much easier once you learn that you can like parry him um and some you know some of the bosses become fights become much easier but you don't necessarily have to use them uh this game a, a lot of people were saying as they were playing it and as as this writer has said, um, it 
actually wants you to use the mechanics it teaches you. Like, you, it's kind of like you must use this mechanic in order to beat this boss. Um, you must be this tall to ride yeah, this ride. And I think, like, th- that can make it very difficult from some people who, like, have more freedom maybe over their play style. Um, I mean, I think... I know a lot of people said for me, um, and just my experience playing Dark Souls versus Bloodborne, um, I played Bloodborne for much longer than I played any of the Souls games, but, like, even from Dark Souls to Bloodborne, there was a huge shift in, like, how you play, and I think Bloodborne definitely punished you a little bit for trying to play, like, it's Dark Souls as well. For sure. Um, I remember that being kind of part of the discourse uh, TM about Bloodborne 2 when that came out was that people who were very, very, very used to playing Dark Souls um, in that way where you turtle up with your big shield and just kind of poke at the boss every now and again had a really hard time learning how to play Bloodborne. Um, whereas someone like me, who always kind of preferred the glass cannon kind of build, um, did did really, really well. And like I loved Bloodborne. I, I was much better at Bloodborne than I ever was at Dark Souls or Demon Souls. Um, but my friend desperately wanted a shield like to the point where he was trying to argue with me that the shitty wooden shield that they make fun of you for using it was like a legit strategy and i was like no dude please yeah i mean like i for me that's what the dodge tool is for like that's what dodging is for is the i don't want to get hit right now so i better dodge and i have those frames of immunity um, that's your shield. The true shield of Bloodborne was the dodge rolls we made along the way. Um, <laughs> my friend doesn't like that. She's giving me a very, uh, stern stare, but I believe it to be true. Um, but yeah, I, I definitely think from what I've heard and what I, I clearly have played Bloodborne more, almost to the point where I feel like now I probably wouldn't like Dark Souls because I'm very much, like, I don't know. I like the aggressive style of playing Bloodborne. I've I've talked before about how I am a massive Demon Souls apologist, and I still really like the first Dark Souls, but I definitely prefer Bloodborne over um, all of them. So, but I I definitely appreciated this kind of balanced argument about needing a response that's better than get good, um, and also discussing the the mechanics and how that seems to be an important value of this game um, from whatever that is. On the other hand, Jesse told me about the monkey. (laughs) On the other hand, Jesse told me about the monkey is like the best fucking vague, but if you know, you know. (laughs) (laughs) I I messaged Jeremy the next morning. I was like, Jesse told me about the monkeys and I don't know if I can find the game. All I can think about is, the monkey's got a gun! Bang, bang! <laughs> is that a monkey? He's got a gun! Is that a monkey? He's got a gun! <laughs> Sekiro, 2019. <laughs> Maximum disrespect. Um, yeah, I, like I said, this this has spurred a lot of, lot of tensions high, people yelling... I don't know. I don't. Kay and I have a weird balanced feeling about it. Um, I I think 
are, we're in this a similar, I just, from our discussion, I feel like we're in a similar gray area about the discussion around this game, how sometimes certain critiques yeah. are valid and other times I'm just like, what? And then I'm trying to balance like my idea of like what the vision of FromSoft was versus how I feel about accessibility as far as player level, not disabilities, because I don't really know anything about pl- trying to play a video game with a physical disability. Like, I don't know that. Um, but I just mean in terms of, like, accessibility as far as, like, the breadth of players who can play it. Um, but I, yeah. Yeah, and I, I don't... I just don't think that, like, an easy mode isn't this band-aid that you can slap on a game and say, all right, it's accessible now, because difficulty is so terribly subjective. Yeah. So it, it's just not... It's not as easy as a lot of people want to make it seem. And I think also that the discussion should probably be spearheaded by the people who would actually be affected by accessibility options and not like, I don't know. I've been seeing, like I discussed last time, I've been seeing a lot of able gamers trying to make this discussion like seem like they're woke by saying it's about disabilities and accessibility. And then disabled gamers are like, what about us, Susan? Yeah. You want, you have got something to say, Susan? I can't really (laughs) say anything about like whether or not that would help like disabled gamers um, have more accessibility to the game, partially because some of them seem to For be sure saying, I'm fine, but... leave me alone. Like, <laughs> I'm, I'm sure it would help some in the same way that would probably help some people that are perfectly, like, that have don't have reflex issues or whatever, but are just bad at me. the game. <laughs> like, it would, yeah, like, <laughs> like me. So, you know. Um, I'm not... Like I said, it's easy. Easy mode is not an accessibility yeah. bandage. Um, there, it's a it's a more complicated and nuanced topic than just that. I love how I have no shame so. of just being like, I'm bad at video games. Hi, I'm Jesse, and I'm not good at video games. Sometimes there's like a random game I end up being good at, and that's a fluke. But other times, <laughs> I'm bad. You know, that's okay. Like y'all need to watch me play Katamari sometime because it's bad. I'm so bad at Katamari. And then everybody's looking at you. Like last time I played, we were in, I was at my friend's house and it was like a Christmas party and there were people there and I'm rolling and I'm like, please release me from this hell. (laughs) Like I start sweating because everybody around me can see how bad I am at Katamari. This happened to me with, um, I'm also really bad at Mario Kart. And I was at a party with Nikki and there were like seven people playing and, um, and we were all, like, they turned it up to the highest CCs you can go in, uh, in Mario Kart, and I was dead last, and it took me, like, twice the amount of time to get through the course, and I was like, someone, please, just, just let me, just quit out of this let me be free and they would not finally nikki was like okay give me the controller and like i was like they're like oh you want to go another round i was like absolutely not find someone else and i just got up and i was like no <laughs> i'm not here for you all to be entertained by how bad i am at mario kart <laughs> um but yes as a as a verified bad at video games person i can say <laughs> That even if there was an easy mode, it might not fix this problem. Yeah. Well, is that a wrap? That's a wrap. That's a wrap. Um, Thanks for listening, everyone. Uh, Where can you find 
Jesse on the internet? Where can we you find can you? You can find me on Twitter as at Filthy Wizard and on Twitch and Instagram as Filthy Magic User. My Patreon is linked in my Twitter bio. You can find me on Twitter and Twitch as Humanity Upgrade and on Facebook and Instagram as Crowfeather Cosplay. You can find our Wayward co host and editor Jake Lionheart on Twitter under Jake underscore Lionheart. And you can find our podcast on Twitter as at Podcast Salt. You can also listen to the podcast basically anywhere you can get your podcasts, like iTunes and Spotify and Fireside on uh, thesaltreport.fireside.fm. Um, if you like the show and you would like to consider contributing to our Kofi page, that is ko-fi.com slash thesaltreport. And remember, everybody, there's no shame in admitting that you're bad at video games. <laughs> Good night. Good night.